Worship. Uh, it's great to be with you guys today. Uh, if you don't know, I am not Jesus. I'm just created in his, his, in his image, so that's why I look so good. So, uh, but my name is Caleb Paget. Uh, I am actually I have been a missionary in the Philippines for ten years now, and so <laughs> thanks, thanks. So. Uh, my, my daughter already introduced herself earlier by screaming whenever, before the offering, so if, if you got that, she was, she was just excited to introduce herself to you guys too, and so, uh, but it's, I'm excited to be here with you guys this morning, uh, you know, I'm very, very thankful to Pastor Vic, uh, Pastor Brad, the rest of the staff here, um, we have an incredible church, and, and I'm so thankful that, you know, uh, I'll, I'll be honest, I'm not an online church kind of guy, but I'm so thankful that I have the opportunity, even when I'm in the Philippines, to be able to have online church. And so everybody that's watching online, uh, welcome, and thanks for joining us. Um, we're so blessed because this church does so much all over the place, and and we get to be a part of this, and, and I'm so thankful for that. And so um, I just want to tell Pastor Vic and Trish and uh, the entire staff here, you know, thank you for this opportunity to be here with you guys today. Um, and with that, uh, let's go ahead and pray. Um, Lord God, we just look forward to what you're going to tell us and speak to us this morning, Lord God. I pray that you would just um, speak into our hearts, Lord God. I pray that you would just help us to, to come with a better understanding of who you are um, in our lives, Lord God, and what you can do for us, Lord God. And and I just ask, Lord, that you would just um, transform hearts and minds um, today and every day, Father God. I pray that we'd continue to be sanctified um, by you, Lord God. And so thank you so much for this time. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Um, everybody say, God can. God can. God can. God can. You know, there was, there was a time in my life where, where I felt almost... You know, I always say I wouldn't commit suicide, um, but, but I was thinking about this because we were, we were talking about this the other day in a meeting, and even Pastor Vic mentioned it last week during his service, um, but he was talking about, you know, how the suicide rate is up, and it's up incredibly, and, and I remember there was a time in my life where, where I felt completely hopeless, and I felt completely lost, and I felt just completely depressed. And I felt like there was no way for me to get out of it. I was trying everything. I would, I would pray. I would say, God, if you are real, then just take my life from me because I don't want to live anymore. Just, God, if you're real, then just end my life. Like, let 9-11 let happen over my house or over my car or, or whatever because I didn't want to commit suicide but, but I felt completely helpless, and I, and I was seeking God, just, you know, God, if you're real, then just do this. And at this point, I didn't even know who God was. I didn't have, you know, I wasn't going to church. I didn't have this relationship with God. And, but I was seeking this out because I felt so helpless. And how many of you guys, you, you've ever been in some situation where you just feel completely helpless? Right? Probably everybody. And there's times in our lives where we get discouraged. There's times in our lives where we get down. Right? But I want you to understand that God can. 
that God can, because what God has done in my life is he took me from that place where I tried to, I tried to drown it out with alcohol. I tried to drown it out by going to the clubs. I tried to, to do whatever I could, but none of those things were fixing my problem. None of those things were fixing my depression. It didn't matter how many people I was around, it wasn't fixing it. And I could have a household full of people that I invited over who were my friends, and I would feel like I was the only one still in my house. And I want you guys to understand, though, that, that what we cannot do, God can. But it comes from, from us coming to a place where we finally surrender our life, our problems, everything that we have to God. It comes from a place of surrender. And, and I love worship this morning. Um, I mean, I, Ali didn't know exactly what my message was going to be today. Um, but, but songs and worship today just went so in line with, with this story. And we're going to read about Daniel and the lion's den. And I know for some people, you're like, you probably know Daniel and the lion's den. We've all heard this story before. Not everybody, but probably most of us have heard this story before of Daniel and the lion's den. But I've kind of been on this little kick recently where I'm just going back and reading through these, these what we call like quote unquote kid stories, right? Like these childhood stories. Because whenever I read about, you know, David and Goliath in the Bible, and I'm like, wow, this story is so much cooler than what you would ever learn when you're a little kid. Because when I was a little kid, I don't remember the whole part about David taking Goliath's sword and chopping off his head. Why? Because when you're in kids' church, that's just not what they're teaching you. They water it down to make it more kid-friendly, right? But, but so I, I stepped into Daniel, and I was really looking at the life of Daniel and, and just learning, like, man, like, this story is so powerful because, I mean, it's just like that song that, that we sang earlier, like, I, I feel like I'm surrounded, but I'm surrounded really by God, Right? Like we feel sometimes like we're surrounded by all of our problems, by all these other things, but really we're surrounded by God. And God's right there in the midst of all of this with us, but we have to come to a place where we allow him to have it, where we give it up to him. And so we're going to look here and we're going to read Daniel chapter 6, and I am not going to apologize for reading the scripture, but we're going to read a lot right now. And so we're going to start in Daniel 6.1, just because I want us to get the full context of this story. It says, It pleased Darius to set over the kingdom 120 satraps to be throughout the whole kingdom, and over them three high officials, of whom Daniel was one, to whom these satraps should sorry, give account, so that the king might suffer no loss. Then this Daniel became disguised, distinguished above all the other high officials and satraps because an excellent spirit was in him. I don't know about you guys, but I want to have that excellent spirit in me. <laughs> and the king planned to set him over the whole kingdom. Then the high officials and satraps sought to find a ground for complaint against Daniel with regard to the kingdom, but they could find no ground for complaint or any fault because he was faithful and no error or fault was found in him. Then these men said, we shall not find any ground for complaint against this Daniel unless we find it in connection with the law of his God. I don't know about you guys, but, but I've felt like this before. I remember when I was working for, for a pretty big company, 
And it felt like every time that, you know, that I was finally moving my way up, it always felt like there was somebody else that's trying to drag you down. You guys ever felt like that before? Like you're finally like moving forward. You're finally getting someplace, but it's like somebody's there to just pull you back down. Somebody's always trying to stop that momentum. And Daniel was experiencing that exact same thing right here. These guys were like, no, we, we can't find any fault against him as a person. Why? Because not because Daniel was perfect, but because Daniel was a man of character. He was a man of integrity. And so they said the only thing we could find against him would be if we could find it against him and the law of his God. And I'm like, man, that's my desire is that I would be, you know, that kind of person someday. That's what I strive to be. I'm not perfect, but, but we strive for, protect, for perfection. And in verse 6, he goes on, he says, Then these high officials and satraps came by agreement to the king and said to him, O King Darius, live forever. All the high officials of the kingdom, the prefects and the satraps, the counselors and the governors, are agreed that the king should establish an ordinance and enforce an injunction that whoever makes petition to any god or man for 30 days, except to you, O king, shall be cast into the den of lions. Now, O king, establish the injunction and sign the document so that it cannot be changed according to the law of the Medes and the Persians, which cannot be revoked. Therefore, King Darius signed the document and injunction. Now, see, King Darius here, whenever he was hearing this, it was basically... They were saying, look, look, we've all agreed on this, which they hadn't because Daniel was one of them, and Daniel obviously did not agree to this, right? But they come to King Darius, and they say, look, we've all agreed to this, that, that you should sign this injunction. You should sign this decree. You should sign this law that says for the next 30 days, anybody that prays to any other god or anything other than you, then they should be thrown in the lion's den, and now for King Darius, this probably really sounded pretty good, right? Because this was basically them saying, like, you are our God for the meantime. You are our God, Darius, right? And, and sometimes there's things in our life that sound good. There's things in our, our lives that might even feel good, but they don't actually do good. And, and King Darius, he took this and he thought, wow, this sounds pretty good. And so let's look at what happens it says, in verse 10, it says, And when Daniel knew that the document had been signed, so King Darius signed it, he went to his house where he had windows in his upper chamber, open toward Jerusalem. He got down on his knees three times a day and prayed and gave thanks before his God as he had done previously. Now, whenever I was reading this, I was like, at, at this time, Daniel is about 80 years old. He's somewhere 70s, maybe up to like mid-80s, not exactly sure, but somewhere around 80 years old. And I was thinking like, man, because it says here, like one of the things it says is, as he had done previously. So, so Daniel, he was, he was already in this system of prayer. This was already his thing, that every, every time, three times a day, every single day, he was going to go to his upper room and he was going to pray. And he, he would pray with the windows open. And I just thought, you know, Daniel, like, why, you know, why would you just not close the windows? Just, just close the blinds so that people don't see what you're doing. I thought, you know, 
man, like, he's, he's 80 years old. Like, why not just be like, you know, God, like, okay, you know, God, it's 30 days, okay? So for these 30 days, I'm just going to pray in private. <laughs> you know, I'm just, I'm, I'm just going to just say my little prayers to myself, right? But the problem is, is this is what we do way too often, is, is we sacrifice our faith. We sacrifice for other things that aren't what we should be sacrificing for. You know, 21 days of prayer is coming up starting tomorrow. And, and this, this is a perfect opportunity for us to start this kind of routine. This is, this is a perfect opportunity for us to, to start this kind of lifestyle. That we would be people of prayer. That we would be people who would take time out and actually go and pray and seek our Lord's face. That we would ask for change. That we would come to him with the right heart. You know, I like kind of what, what Pastor Vic was saying last week. He, he gave like, you know, the little medical kit, right? And it's just like sometimes we just want to pray whenever something's going on and we just want to put a band-aid over the little wound. But it's like we, so often we're trying to bandage up something that needs stitches. And so 21 days of prayer is the perfect opportunity for us to make this a lifestyle, to get into a rhythm of prayer. Daniel was not willing to sacrifice what he had always done. Daniel knew that obedience to God was safer than obedience to the government, than obedience to that king. Did you get that? Daniel knew that obedience to God was safer than obedience to the king. Now, sometimes we're, we're faced with something so small, but yet we don't want to be obedient to God because we might be ridiculed. We might have somebody say something bad about us. Well, what if I am on my lunch break at work and, and I bow my head to pray over my food? Well, what is somebody at work going to think about me? What are they going to say about me? And so we don't do it. Well, I'll pray at home tonight whenever I'm with my family. I'll, I'll just pray as like, you know, fine, I'm about to take a bite. But okay, Lord God, would you just, you know, as long as they don't know that I'm praying right now, then I'm just eating, but I'm praying for my food at the same time, right? Like, thank you, Lord, okay? Why? Because we don't want and we compromise our faith. We compromise our relationship with God all because we don't want to face what might happen. But understand that obedience to God is safer than whatever it is that you're facing, than whatever it is that's, that's in front of you that's trying to stop you and trying to hold you back. Darius, or Daniel was, was in the face of being thrown into a lion's den. And he said, no, I don't care because, because praying to God and being here with God and being obedient to him is even safer than me being thrown into a den of lions. That's incredible. That's incredible faith. And I think one of the biggest reasons that we don't see breakthrough in our lives, that we don't see change in our lives, is because we compromise our faith. One of the biggest reasons we don't see breakthrough and, com and, and transformation in our lives is because we don't stay faithful. We give up just because something gets hard. I'll tell you what, right whenever I got saved, whenever I actually gave my life to Christ, 
man, I was, I was all over the place. But this is why I believe so firmly in baptism is because, man, I was cussing so much. I was doing all kinds of stuff. I kind of gave a little bit earlier. And I felt like there was no change. And when I got baptized, everything changed in that moment. Everything changed in that moment. It was like, it was literally like scales had just fallen off for me. And I stopped cussing, I stopped drinking, I stopped pornography, I stopped clubbing, I stopped all this stuff that I was doing all in one moment. And it wasn't because I stopped it, it's because God transformed my life and I was no longer that person. God transformed my life and I was no longer that person. That wasn't who I am. Because it wasn't who God created me to be. And so... I just want to go on in verse 11. It says, Then these men came by agreement and found Daniel making petition and plea before his God. Then they came near and said before the king concerning the injunction, O king, did you not sign an injunction that anyone who makes petition to any God or man within 30 days except you, O king, shall be cast into the den of lions? The king answered and said, The thing stands fast according to the law of the Medes and Persians, which cannot be revoked. Then they answered and said before the king, Daniel, who is one of the exiles from Judah, pays no attention to you, O king, or the injunction you have signed, but makes his petition three times a day. Then the king, when he heard these words, was much distressed and set his mind to deliver Daniel, and he labored till the sun went down to rescue him. You see, this is at that point whenever the king realized that what sounded good wasn't actually going to do good. This is that point whenever the king realized that, that man, this is, this is Daniel. This is the man that I was about to put in charge of everybody else. This is the man that I was about to, to set higher than everybody else over the kingdom. And then he just realized, but this is the man that now I'm throwing into the lion's den instead. You see, sometimes we realize too late that the decisions that we're making are going to have a bigger effect than what we ever thought, what we ever considered. Because something sounds good in the moment, it feels good in the moment, that we just want to run with it without actually going to God in prayer with it. And in verse 15 it says, Then these men came by agreement to the king and said to the king, Know, O king, that it is a law of the Medes and Persians that no injunction or ordinance that the king establishes can be changed. You see, the law, the law then was that whatever was signed, the king couldn't just change it. The king couldn't just back out of what he wanted to do because he had already signed it into law and that law had to stand for 30 days. It says, then the king commanded and Daniel was brought and cast into the den of lions. The king declared to Daniel, may your God, whom you serve continually, deliver you. And a stone was brought and laid on the mouth of the den and the king sealed it with his own signet ring and with the signet of his lords, that nothing might be changed concerning Daniel. Then the king went to his palace and spent the night fasting. No diversions were brought to him, and sleep fled from him. I don't know about you guys, but, but there's been plenty of mistakes in my life that have left me awake at night just completely sleepless because I had just done something. I had messed up so bad that I was like, man, and I wasn't able to sleep because I was like, man, this has to be fixed. What can I do? And I'll tell you, something might feel good in a moment, but the price you pay for it is so much greater. 
It says, then at, daybreak, at break of day, the king arose and went in haste to the den of lions. As he came near to the den where Daniel was, he cried out in a tone of anguish. The king declared to Daniel, O Daniel, servant of the living God, has your God, whom you serve continually, been able to deliver you from the lions? Then Daniel said to the king, O king, live forever. My God sent his angel and shut the lions' mouths, and they have not harmed me because I was found blameless before him, and also before you, O king, I have done no harm. Then the king was exceedingly glad and commanded that Daniel be taken up out of the den. So Daniel was taken up out of the den, and no kind of harm was found on him because he had trusted in his God. It's like you look at this last verse, it says, no harm had came upon him. Why? It's because he trusted in his God. Daniel had the option to just, to just cop out. He had the option to just, to just bow down to Darius, you know, for, for 30 days. I'm 80 years old, Lord. I'm old. I, I can't go through this, right? Like, like fine, I'm just going to do this for 30 days. Right? I've been faithful for 80 years, but just 30 days, and then after that I can return. But no, like he stayed faithful. He trusted in God. He didn't allow the circumstances, the things that were in front of him, to discourage him and take him away from that relationship. He didn't let anything stop him. He trusted. When we're faced with an adversity, do we trust God? Do we trust God whenever we get the news that, that we, we have a tumor and, and we're facing a medical scare? Do we trust God when, whenever we're down in this spot and we just feel like there's no way out? Do we trust God that he's able to do what he says that he can do? When we've been struggling with something for so long that we've lost all hope of change, when we're in an impossible situation and we feel that, you know, I've been trying for so long to get out of this, but nothing's happening. There's no way out. I want you to understand that God can. God can. God can completely change that situation. God can completely redeem you. God can move in your life. So I want to look at a few things from this story that we just read. And one is that God can change the unchangeable. God can change the unchangeable. In verse 15, it says, Then these men came by agreement to the king and said to the king, Know, O king, that it is a law of the Medes and Persians that no injunction or ordinance that the king establishes can be changed. See, the, the king didn't even have the ability to change his own law. The king didn't have the ability to change the circumstances that Daniel was about to face. The king had no choice but to carry through what he said he was going to do, which was to throw his very top official into the lion's den. But the things man can't change, God can. The things men can't change, God can. I couldn't change myself. You cannot change yourself. That's why you've been trying for so long. That's why you've been struggling for so long because you haven't came to a place of surrender where you allow God to change it for you. I can't change myself. All I can do is completely submit myself to the will of God for my life. 
And if you want to see change in your life, you have to come to this place of surrender. It says in verse 16, it says, Then the king commanded, and Daniel was brought and cast into the den of lions. The king, the king declared to Daniel, May your God, whom you serve continually, deliver you. May your God, whom you serve continually, deliver you. You see, King Darius obviously was not a very good Christian, right? Because otherwise he would have never taken that place of God whenever they came and presented it to him. He wouldn't have wanted to take that position. But yet King Darius was still able to see God in Daniel. And he saw that Daniel would continually follow God. Daniel would continually obey God. You see, Christianity is continual, not casual. We have to continue in the truth. We have to continue walking in the truth of the gospel. We have to continue to walk in what God has called us to walk in. How many of you know that smoking kills? Right? But why do we smoke? Because we don't continue in the truth. We know that smoking kills, but yet we don't continue in the truth. Right? We know what the outcome of this is. We know that it has a negative effect on our health, but yet we continue in this that's not healthy for us. And so I want us to understand that the Christianity is continual. It's not casual. And casual Christianity leads to casualties. Casual Christianity will lead to casualties. And it can be because of you. It could be because of somebody you have influence over. But you have to understand that the casual Christianity will never get you where you want to go. Casual Christianity, just coming to church and sitting in a pew and listening to a sermon on Sunday morning is not going to do it. You have to come to a place where you come to complete surrender of God. Where you actually surrender and obey him and realize that obedience to him is safer than whatever routine that you go home and follow the rest of the week. The second thing I want to show is that God can commission the confined. God can commission the confined. In verse 17 it says, And a stone was brought and laid on the mouth of the den, and the king sealed it with his own signet and with the signet of his lords, that nothing might be changed concerning Daniel. You see here, sometimes we get in these situations, and Daniel probably feels like he's in this impossible situation now. He's, he's in the midst of the lion's den. Even the king could not expect Daniel to actually be alive except for the fact that he saw God in Daniel's life. And we have to see here that there's, there's a couple things we want to look at here. One, there's a stone, right? There's a stone. And with this stone, nothing can come in and nothing can go out, right? Nothing, when this stone was rolled over, it was so that Daniel couldn't get out, right? But nothing else could come in. So there's nobody there that's going to come and rescue him. It's nobody's going to pull Daniel out of there. And so this stone was put there so that nothing could come in and nothing could go out. And sometimes in our lives, we feel like that we're, we're completely trapped. 
Sometimes we feel like we've been in this situation for so long, and it's like, how in the world is this possible for change to come into my life? How is it possible for something to, to miraculously happen because I've been struggling with this addiction for so long that I don't, there's no way possible to get rid of it? Well, my doctor told me that, that I have cancer. And, and I'm faced with this impossible situation. Well, guess what? Tomorrow night, starting at 21 days of prayer, is a night of healing. So if you're faced with an impossible situation, I would encourage you to come tomorrow night. And I would encourage you to believe in faith that you will be healed. Because trust me, I've seen God heal. I've seen literally a blind woman in Africa, when I was in Nigeria, I seen a blind woman in a, in a place that they told us, don't touch these people because they have leprosy and they have diseases. And if you touch them, you might be infected also. And we said, you know what? We prayed about it. We didn't want to act stupid, but we prayed about it and felt complete, you know, that God wanted us to touch them. And we laid hands on this woman and we prayed for her. And she jumped up and she started yelling because she'd only been blind for five or six years. But she's going through this hallway that's outside, and she's like, you know, green, yellow, red. It's a chair, you know. And she's so excited because she sees for the first time. And all these people at this place are completely blown away because they've never seen anything like this before. And I'll be honest, I was completely blown away because I had never seen anything like that before. I was like, wow, you know, I, I felt like that, that man that came to Jesus, <laughs> you know, like... No, God, I, be I believe, but forgive my disbelief because, man, this is amazing. But I'm telling you, what the, the same God of yesterday is the same God of today and forever. And he can heal. And so I'd encourage you, come tomorrow night. Believe for it and be in faith for it and receive it. The second thing is there were lions. And the lions were meant to kill and to destroy Daniel. And that's exactly what the enemy does in our lives. He, he puts lions in our lives in the forms of addictions, in the forms of things that, that seem good and sound good and feel good, but aren't really good. And he comes to kill, steal, and destroy. He wants to put together two people in the context of an unbiblical relationship until they get married and submit to that. And then once they do submit to that in a biblical manner, then he takes all of his time and he tries to rip it apart. How many of you guys have seen divorce in the church? I think the divorce rate in the church is at 52%. Why? Because, because God wants this holy union, but the enemy doesn't stop working on that and trying to rip it apart. There's lions in our lives, and we have to learn how to overcome the lions. But then there's also an angel. And in the midst of this lion's den that Daniel was faced with, with a, a stone over the top of him and lions all around him, but yet God sent an angel. God sends help. God wants to help you out of your impossible situation. God wants to do for you what nobody else can do for you. God wants to do for you what you can't even do for you. Because God can. God has a purpose and a plan for your life. And God wants to do something more with it. The last point is that God can continue the calling. 
God can continue the calling. You know, some of us, we, we've been to church before and we're like, oh man, I've been to church before and it wasn't a good experience and so I don't want to come back. Some of us, we were, we were serving before. We were like, you know, I was serving on kids' ministry before. I was in this place, but, but man, like I've just been so down and I've been so out and, and I'm just still struggling with all of these things that I just had to step away, right? Some of us, we, we just have never even been to church before and this is our first time here. And we're like, man, this guy is crazy. <laughs> like he's talking about miracles happening and this guy is nuts, like, right? But, but God is a God of the impossible, God makes the impossible possible, and God has a calling for your life, and God wants to use you. God has a purpose for you, and he wants to see you fulfill that purpose in your life. Even King Darius was able to see this in the life of Daniel. He was able to see Daniel's faithfulness. And when he came and he called out, you know, Daniel, has your God, whom you serve continually, rescued you? And Daniel cries back to him and he says, yes, he has. I'm still here. And, and Darius pulls him out of that lion's den. Understand that God wants to take you out of that place. The place where it feels like you're completely surrounded. The place where it feels like there's nothing else. God wants you to have hope in that hopeless situation. And this is what I love because Darius comes to this place where he makes another decree. And he says here in verse 26, he says, I make a decree that in all my royal dominion, people are to tremble and fear before the God of Daniel. Now get this. I want you to hear these words carefully and we should rejoice and praise and be so thankful for these words. It says, for he is the living God, enduring forever. His kingdom shall never be destroyed and his dominion shall be to the end. He delivers and rescues. He works signs and wonders in heaven and on earth. He who has saved Daniel from the power of the lion's den. You see, Darius was able to see the power of God through the life of Daniel. Other people should be able to see the power of God through your life, through the testimony that we have, through what God has done in our life. And I'll tell you what, if God hasn't done something miraculous, if God hasn't done something extreme, if God hasn't changed a situation in your life, if God hasn't redeemed you or rescued you, then I would come to a place of surrender. Just surrender what it is that you're still struggling with. Surrender that addiction to him. Surrender whatever that is that you're, you know, it's that, but I am. You know, that was my problem. But I am an alcoholic now. But I am, you know, worthless. I am unlovable. And I had all these things that would just, all these thoughts that would just flow through until I finally came to a place of surrender. And I finally came to a place where I could say, but God can. I stopped my excuses of, but I am, but I this, but this. And came to a place where I finally surrendered and said, but God can. Because what I'm not capable of, God can. See, I like to see, and this is what I want to close with, is that I like to see Jesus in the midst of stories. I like to look at movies and listen to movies and hear quotes in movies, and I like to find Jesus in the midst of it. And, and I was looking at this story, and I was like, man, you know, where is Jesus at in this story? And you see Daniel, 
Daniel was put into a den and, and a, a stone rolled over the top of the den to keep him in, to destroy him, right? And Jesus was put into a grave and a stone rolled in front of that grave. But death could not hold him down. There's not just power in the cross. The power is in the resurrection. And Jesus didn't just stay dead. Our life might seem worthless. Our life might seem like it's dead. We might be facing all these problems. We might feel like we're in this spot. But God's not finished with you yet. What the, what the enemy meant for bad, Jesus will redeem and bring and make it good. What the enemy was doing in your life and trying to keep you down, trying to keep you away and separated from God, trying to make you feel like you're worthless and that you cannot come to him. Jesus said, no, I have overcome the grave. I have overcome death. I have overcome the lions in your life. I've only covered the stones in your life. I've overcome everything in your life that's trying to keep you separate from me. And in John 16, he says, I have said these things to you that in me you may have peace. In the world you will have tribulation, but take heart, I have overcome the world. Jesus says, take heart, I have overcome that situation. I have overcome that addiction. I have overcome that disease. I have overcome. And God can. Would you all just stand with me right now? If you're here today and you're saying, you know what? I didn't realize it before, but God can. I've been struggling for so long, but God can. I've been going through this for so long, I can't hardly take it anymore, but I'm here and I'm here for a reason. That's because God came here to meet me in this place. And God can. And if you're here and you want to surrender your life to God and you want to say, you know what, Lord, everything, Lord God, everything about my being, everything about my person, I want it to be who you've created me to be. I don't want to be caught in this anymore. I don't want to live a hopeless life anymore. I don't want to live a life with no purpose, but I want to have purpose, Lord. And if that's you, I just want you to pray this prayer with me. In your own heart, I'm not going to ask you to come forward. I'm not going to ask you to raise your hand. I just want you to pray this prayer in complete surrender. So can we all just close our eyes, bow our heads. Say, Father God, I know, Lord, that you are the God of the impossible. I know, Lord God, that the enemy has tried to keep me down for so long. I know, Lord, that I am broken, that I am sinful. But Lord, I know that you can. You did. I know that you died upon a cross for my sins. I know that you were put in a grave, but I know that you resurrected back to life. And Lord, you send the Holy Spirit to help us. And Lord, we need your help. And so Lord, come into my life, come into my heart, do the impossible and make the impossible possible for me because only you can. Thank you, Lord. 
We love you, Lord. We praise you, Lord. We're excited to live a life with you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Give it up for God.